have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! He's back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Playbook, an NBA podcast, part of the All Indie Sports Network. I'm your host, Sal, joined by my co-host, Mark. Mark, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you, Sal? Awesome, awesome. Um, This is going to be our second episode of the series, and I think we should just get straight into it. Uh, Let's talk about LeBron James. Oh boy, that guy is special at basketball. Holy, I've never seen a player like this before. Yeah, LeBron, crazy game. I think it was like 56, or was it... Was it 56? Yes, 56, 10, and 3 on what? I think 60-plus percent shooting. He went crazy from 3. He finally got to hit some free throws. I mean, he's different. I, I don't know and how else to describe it. He came with the win as well, right? Yeah, against the Warriors. Yeah, that was a, a great game. Uh, LeBron putting the Lakers on his back, doing all he can do. Uh, there was no AD, correct? Eight, well, AD's out long-term, remember? Yeah, right. So AD, um, Russ, I don't think he had a good game, did he? Well, has Russ had a single? Right. Has he had a single good game this season? Let's be real here. I, I don't, I don't believe so. Um, speaking of Russell Westbrook, um, there's been internal talk with the Lakers organization and players and staff. I mean, this is rumored, but they don't want Russ to be a starter anymore. Yeah, just before, um, just before that though. Just for that, I saw this. Remember that Kwame Brown uh, and Kobe, Kobe thing from when, uh, like Kobe and Kwame Brown combined for like what some crazy amount of points, and Kwame just had two. There's another yeah. one. Taylor Horton Tucker and LeBron combined for 58 points. Taylor had two. I actually saw that, and I was thinking of mentioning that myself. <laughs> that um, yeah, Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I know a lot of Taylor Horton Tucker stands, and um, I'm not one. That's for sure. But um anyways back to Russell back to Russell Westbrook. Um do you think he deserves to be benched? I I don't think he should be getting playtime. Really? I don't think this guy is good enough to be at least has been playing well enough or fits well enough to be getting playtime on the Lakers right now. See, personally, I know he doesn't fit well with the Lakers, but I'm still high on that Westbrook last season in Washington. And how dominant he was. He was better than Beal, in my opinion. But Westbrook, I, I don't think the Lakers is a, is a good fit. Obviously, you've seen that and their success this year. I um, they should have pushed a little bit harder to get Russ back on the Rockets and get John Wall and rumored to be even maybe with Christian Wood. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just hope Russ gets out of L.A. this summer. Uh, I still think he's a great NBA player. And I still think he's not—he's not washed up like Kemba is now because he didn't have bad in, like he didn't have an injury that would have washed him this badly. So I think there's still a lot left in the tank for us, at least a couple more seasons. Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree. Really? I I I, I remember his last his last year. Well, uh, his year on the Rockets. Disaster goes to Washington, plays well fair enough to him but I don't know I tried giving him one last opportunity on the Lakers this season I was like yeah but it's Russell Westbrook like at the end of the day it's Russell Westbrook it doesn't matter but he's terrible 
He is honestly terrible. And he has his... Look, I get it. You're an MVP and all that. But now you stink. Like, you're bad. You are a bad player at this point. So eventually you have to kind of come to your senses about it. Like, he, this guy still thinks he should be in the game all the time. Remember not that long ago when he had to sit and his knees were sore and he was like, I'm not used to sitting for long periods of time than having to go out and play. He, he still thinks he's that guy. He still thinks it's he's it's that MVP year in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I'm still hung up on that. He averaged 20-20-20 on the Pacers last year on Washington. <laughs> and, man, watching Russ was like he was the most dominant force I've seen in my life. Like he just drives in there and no one stops him or he gets this insane pass. Like I don't know what happened from Washington to Na to L.A. in that summer that just – changed him but uh i mean yeah i mean he's been bad this year uh he needs to either accept another role or i don't even know what the issue with him is and i think that i i like i don't know russell westbrook and la doesn't mix well no and there's so much hype and i bought into it myself like i already mentioned but it went against my better judgment even though i watched how how much of a negative this guy can be firsthand um like i don't know what he offers an nba team anymore because if you're a bad team and well really if you want to get the best out of russ westbrook you need to give him the keys to your franchise and at least try to get some semblance of shooting around him yeah but he's not good enough anymore to the point where if you give him to the keys to your franchise you're going to be like a even a, a second round team Sure, you might squeak into the playoffs through the play-in tournament. But what's the point of that? And no bad team is going to give them the keys because they don't want to be squeaking in through the play-in tournament. They want to be getting a high lottery pick. Uh, no good team is going to give it to him for obvious reasons. He has to adjust the same way Carmelo Anthony did this season. But the thing yeah. is, Carmelo Anthony can shoot a basketball. Russell Westbrook yeah, cannot shoot say. a basketball. So that makes it a lot harder for him to adapt. And he's been saying every single summer, I, I'm going to shoot now. I'm going to come back different. Like, it's going to be a different Russell Westbrook next season. Where is he? Yeah, I don't I don't know if Russ is that a guy you can put on a championship quality team because you can't win a championship with a point guard like Russ, who at least how he's played this year. You can't shoot. And you, if you look at point guards in the past, I don't know, decade that have won championships as a starting point guard, they've all been able to at least stretch the floor. And Russ, if you watch this guy shoot three-pointers, it's, it's, it's backboard every time. It's backboard or just a brick. So, yeah, I, I kind of realized that like, if you can't shoot a basketball – efficiently from the three-point line or, or somewhat where someone has to come up and guard you as a point guard you're not really going to win a title well forget winning a title i think i think even russell himself well actually i don't think you know realize this but it should be clear enough that you're not going to win a championship with russell westbrook as your as one of your guys on your team i think that's clear enough to all 30 teams in the nba including the lakers that's why they were trying to get him off um but you were mentioning getting him on the rockets for john wall i guess sending russell back to houston i 
I I don't like it's hard to I you probably have to try things with LeBron because you don't know how long how much longer he's going to be in LA but especially long term for the franchise I don't know how beneficial John Wall and Christian Wood would have been because they probably would have had to give up more picks at least one first yeah it was it was the 2027 first I believe Ross Taylor Horton Tucker for John Wall Christian Wood something like that so Christian Wood his contract's up in a couple of years. He's going to want a big payday. The Lakers, I'm pretty sure, are still deep in the tax. Uh, I'd, I'd assume he'd be a rental of some kind of sort. Which makes sense, but the AD Christian Wood fit in the front court. Two, I don't like using the word soft, but soft bigs. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know what they would do the second... Like, let, let's say they let's say they make it to the finals, you run into Embiid or Giannis... That, they're dropping like 50 a game on those two. Especially this yeah. AD. For, if it's yeah, not old AD. This, like, AD, this yeah. a, old AD, okay, that's a crazy team. But yeah, no, it's it's I I don't like the fit of that. Um, and I I kind of respect uh, what's his name Palinka for not caving into that, even though that may have looked like the better short term option. Because mm-hmm. I think regardless, even if they did trade for John Wall and Christian Wood. That's not a championship winning team. Are they even? Are they even really one of the real contenders in the West at that point? So I think the Lakers just. I think they're. I don't know. Getting Russell Westbrook in the first place that kind of. That kind of killed the franchise, a little bit. So I think we should mention another goat in the NBA right now, and who's been tearing it up on the Dallas Mavericks post Porzingis trade. I'm gonna let you just rant about this guy. Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. I remember when he. Uh, I remember him in Brooklyn. I wasn't a fan. I didn't like him. I didn't think he was that good. I thought his numbers were inflated. I remember he signs for big money in Washington. I was like, oh, the Wizards just messed up big time. Why are you paying this guy? He stunk on the Wizards. His teammates didn't even respect him. This guy was terrible. It was. He was a laughing stock, honestly. The Wizards looked stupid for paying him that much money. What they gave him near 20 million i think they give him three years 54 so which is quite the contract uh, especially for a yeah. guy that is coming off of what a torn acl or something 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 that was for the season something yeah that was season, for the season. And it, it was a big time injury and then this guy gets traded to dallas for porzingis with bertons and most people are thinking you just gave up porzingis for two scrubs two massively overpaid scrubs and they were like hey having two good players is better than one good player and this spencer dinwiddie guy he's i think he's seven games in he started one he's shooting the lights out he's shooting over 40 percent from three he's scoring like crazy he's not turning the ball over he's become a much better on ball playmaker than he showed he could possibly have been in washington I'm just mesmerized by this guy. Uh, he's actually playing some defense now too, which I don't think anyone really expected to happen. But this is the perfect guy you want on your bench. This is the perfect guy, and if he plays like this, that three years, fifty-four million dollar contract will be very, very deserved. Yeah, I remember when Spencer signed with the Wizards. I, I was pretty high on this move just because they lost Russ. Uh, they had a, rel- a relatively bad team on paper. Uh, although they started off pretty hot, but uh, my one experience with Spencer Dinwiddie is that in the in one of the rounds in the fantasy uh, basketball game, I picked Spencer Dinwiddie over Darius Garland. So 
that's why I was pretty excited <laughs> for Spencer. But yeah, I mean, he's been great on the Mavs. Uh, and I think they've won most of the games that they've played with him on the team. I I, th- I think you're right about that. I'm not totally sure, though. But I- I've just, like, I-, I remember I was watching his debut. And I, and I, I like, it's just his debut, to uh, not his, not his debut. His, like, first, like, his first significant game. Uh, it was the one against Utah. And I think he had 20 and 2 or some, something like that. And I, I, I think it's the best game I've seen from Spencer Dinwiddie in like three years. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. You picked him the pick directly above Darius Garland. You also took him bef- uh, before Miles Bridges, Kyrie Irving, Evan Mobley. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. The Spencer Dinwiddie hype train was really getting oh, to gosh. me. Yeah, even, even in his last, his last game against Sacramento, I mean, that was nuts. I think he had yeah. 35, 36 it was. 36 and 7. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't even have a good game from 3, but he's getting to the free... He got to the free throw line 13 times, which is I, I value very highly, and I know he's not doing that super consistently, but I don't, I, I'm don't. i taking it back. I'm blown away by how he's playing. If the, if he keeps it up, the Mavericks look so, so good. You have a, you have a backcourt of Jalen Brunson. Well, not all three at the same time. They won't get run at the same time that often. But yeah. Jalen Brunson, Lucas, Spencer Dinwiddie. And one thing, actually also about Spencer Dinwiddie, if you run Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson on the court at the same time, Jalen Brunson has become this really good player, but I still think he has issues on the ball, especially reading defenses. And then you can take some pressure off him with Dinwiddie on the court. It's incredible. Yeah, I think we should also look at the other side of this trade. You know, we got Porzingis playing his Washington Wizards debut against the Pacers. Uh, just finished about an hour ago. So he had a pretty great game. I mean, this is a guy that's coming off, I don't know, it's not a severe injury, but, you know, Porzingis is always injured day to day. So Porzingis had 25 and 5 rebounds today. I mean, 5 rebounds for a guy that's seven foot two, little suspect. But he only played 21 minutes. He was 7 for 12 from the field three for four from three, and he had two blocks. And he went to the free throw line ten times, and he made eight of them. So Porzingis, pretty good uh, pickup, I guess. If you want to call it a good pickup for the Wizards, you can. They're not in the sights of the – I don't think they're in the sights of the play-in. But, I mean, maybe if you want to convince Beal to stay, which it looks like Beal, for some reason, likes to waste his career in Washington. But it was either – just a salary dump or I don't know. Uh, but the Mavs clearly look like they came out on top. That's all I got to say. Yeah. The move doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Actually about Beal, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say a guy's wasting his career away when he's going to make probably over 400, close to $500 million by the end of it. So in terms of accolades, in terms of personal accolades, I don't know about you, but I'm taking $400 million over some trophies. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. that, that. That might yeah. just be me, but uh, I get what you mean. It's just weird. Uh, Porzingis, Kuzma, I mean, you still have Kispert, Denny. They're not really getting each other's way. But Thomas Beal, Sadoransky. I don't know if he's a player worth mentioning to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, it's just a weird deal. I, I, like, I think they saved a couple million dollars, if that, from taking Porzingis over the two. But really insignificant amount. I don't know what they think, but they can do with that team. 
Kuzma's improved a lot this season, but he's not a star. He's not going to be a third star on even a somewhat contending team. I, It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think I it was know. just a move for them to grab as much talent as they possibly can. I mean, Porzingis once upon a time was looking like one of the future faces of the NBA in New York. Um, or one of them. I mean, and then he gets to the Mavs, dealt with a lot of injuries. And, um, I mean, he got a significant injury at the end of his tenure in New York. But, I mean, yeah, Porzingis is still a very talented player. I mean, you could say he's talent, more talented than Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertens. So, I mean, if they want to stack talent, I mean, I guess they can do that. But I think that's enough with Porzingis and that little uh, spiel. But another guy that's coming back uh, tomorrow, and this is probably the day you're listening to this podcast, but uh, Victor Oladipo, former Pacers uh, legend, if you want to call him that. Oh, boy. And um, like we said in the last podcast episode, is that we don't really know what's going on with Oladipo in terms of his role on the team. I don't know what to expect at all. I mean, I'm going to root for him, I guess, because my, my hatred towards him that lasted for a little bit is kind of fizzled out. Um, but sure, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, I'm hoping he gets a decent amount of minutes, maybe something around 20. Uh, I don't see him playing full effort, or not full effort, but um, to what his full capacity could be when he's healthy because I think they're going to take their time in rehabbing him. And maybe if he's playing good throughout this last little tenure of games in the regular season, maybe they give him an increased role in the playoffs because um, he can come through for them um, when it comes down to that because Oladipo is a, was relatively a great clutch player in Indiana. So hopefully he does well tomorrow. I don't think he will. I mean, I don't think he will either, but I'm, I'm hoping he does. I can't see him uh, being in Miami next year. That's that's my big prediction. No, I know really? it's not really that big because I, I I don't think he's gonna. Well, he's not gonna be the same player as he was. Uh, his quad is demolished. I I don't really even know how yeah. else to describe <laughs> it. His quad is destroyed. This was a guy, elite two-way player, heavily like not not relied on his lesson but it, that was a huge part of his game and to be fair he's pretty skilled solid shooter uh, could create his own shot really well but mega athlete when you destroy your quad it's gonna be hard to get back to those levels i don't know how long it'll take but i mean i think this guy wants his money and you're not gonna get your money being the 12th man on your team and I, I, know, I know, right there. I know, I know he rejected those contracts. There. I know he rejected those contracts. But there's a difference between making like the, the veterans minimum uh, for the rest of your career, then trying to go get back to that type of money, then rejecting it because first of all, he he probably expected to be back sooner. He didn't expect to re-injure himself, so he probably thought okay. that he'd be back, then get his big money in Miami, which obviously didn't happen. But now he's probably gonna be like, hey. Now I need to chase the money. I don't know. I got I to gotta stop you right there. Um, and just a reminder, you did say, I remember this, uh, when it was prime Oladipo in Indiana, I remember you saying, yeah, this guy's going to be a top one to three shooting guard in the NBA. Me? Yeah, you said Me? that. At one point, There's, you were like, you were saying he could compete. Three? You said top he could one. compete with James Harden, and I remember I, that. that. I never said that. 
I I, I, think I, you I, need, did. I need you to track that down. I, I need you. I think you did. I need you to track it was in that person. Down. It wasn't over a text. There's so. No chance. I said that about Victor Oladipo. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'd like to say that as a Pacers fan, knowing how much Oladipo loves the city of Miami, and I can't stress this enough, he has a man crush on Miami. This guy was rehabbing in Miami. He has his gym, his own private gym in Miami. Um, he's friends with every single Heat player. He asked, the, allegedly asked the Heat team in the bubble to play with them after they lost, after they got swept in the playoffs. And of course, that ended up happening. That's why I was very frustrated with him as a fan. But I can 100% um, think in my head that Oladipo will be back in Miami next year. I know he's willing to take a pay cut. I, I know he does not care about money at this point. He wants to be in Miami, and if he wants money, he'll earn the money in Miami. He's not going to go get it somewhere else because this guy and Miami is like peanut butter and jelly. I don't get the I don't understand <laughs> that last bit, but I, yeah. I can't say. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, no, I don't think I don't think he's gonna have a role in Miami. I don't think like if and if he has one, it'll be relatively insignificant. So I think he'd, I think we're likely to see him go somewhere else for another year, take like a low contract where they'll actually give him a role, play big minutes, show why he's show if if he's still worth money in the nba and then he'll sign a deal wherever maybe miami i don't know maybe he just needs a little year away but i i, I can't see it i think i think his well his very high level nba career is finished like his all-star all that that's done yeah i definitely agree with you there there's no way he's back he comes back to that for sure point. for sure that's over but i don't know i i'm i'm like, sure, it's cool to have him back because he was a good player his first year in Indiana, not his second year. But shouldn't have been an all-star. That's a conversation okay. for a different time. Okay, though. okay. Slow her down. There's... But uh, I guess the last player that came back from a significant injury the other day was Kevin Durant. Uh, just did Kevin Durant things. 31 points on 10 for 21 shooting. I mean, it's, it's KD. You don't expect him to have a down game when he comes back from injury because it is Kevin Durant. He's one of the best scorers ever. And, I mean, yeah, KD, doing KD things. Um, I think he's played, he just played today as well, I think. But, yeah, um, KD is KD, and that's all I got to say about Kevin Durant. I mean, he's he's different. The same way we're saying about LeBron, this guy's different too. Yeah. How he came back from that original uh, Achilles tear, very that impressive. ruins most Very players' impressive. careers. He's practically unfazed. Uh, yeah. He has this... I, I can't remember even what it was. Was it his back? I'm, I'm not totally sure, but... Oh, my... Sorry. Rockets are playing as the Grizzlies right now. Jalen Green just hit this crazy three-pointer at the end of the shot clock to put them up eight with less than two less than three minutes left. <laughs> but... Um, okay. Kevin Durant's incredible. I... I don't know. There's not really too much to sell. But you know, there is yeah, a player on that team that there is worth talking about. James Johnson is probably the worst defender I have ever seen play in the NBA. And this is a guy who at one point was probably in the NBA due to his defensive competence. 
That's what I remember him for. He is so useless on that end. He has no. Clue. It does. It looks like he has no clue where he's going. He can't stay in front of anyone at this point. I, I, he should not be in the. He should not be in the league right now. Sorry, just had to say it. He sh he shouldn't be in the league. Go back to Miami, James. They're waiting for you, buddy. Yeah. The, he Warm can... that bench with Udon like yeah. you used to back in the day. He can be one of the. He can be one of the. One of the tough guys on that bench with with Udon. Yeah. This... He is a. Uh, um, what is he? I think he has like three degrees in his black belt or something in uh, Taekwondo. So, yeah, enforcer. That, that's basically what he is. Do you think you could take him? Do you think I could take him? Well, you're black belt as well, aren't you? Oh, two, sec, two, second degree black belt. So, I mean, James, hit my line. Maybe we could hop in on this YouTuber boxer thing. But anyways, um, I'd like to talk about our season predictions or who would you give the awards to in the NBA at the end of the season? Now this isn't what you predict they would end up being or, but, but it's more rather who you would pick. Um, and I guess there's only about like 18, 15 games left in the NBA season. So yeah, let's uh, talk about MVPs, six man of the year, most approved player, rookie of the year, defense player of the year and coach of the year. Um, we can with start coach? off with MVP. Uh, no, well, you know save what? MVP yeah. for last. Let's, yeah, let's save MVP. Let's start off with coach. Let's hear yours first. Okay, uh, before I say my winner, I've got my honorable mention. The guy I've really liked ever since he's been hired by this team, actually. So not just this season, but Chris Finch. Um, That's the Wolves coach, right? Correct. He's doing yeah. it. I mean, the Timberwolves are a totally different team than they were even a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, They've become a much more solid defensive team. And that's not totally just due to him. That's also due to personnel on the team. But, I mean, that change didn't happen until he, ar he arrived, it looks like. So he's definitely had some sort of influence on that. Th I really like the fluidity of their offense. Uh, AE, I mean, he's nuts. With Cat and D'Lo, D'Lo is still a little questionable. But I don't know. They're just a really impressive team. The Terminals are actually becoming a good NBA team at this point. And it's kind of nice to see it's impressive work by him uh if you can read all about how everyone seems to enjoy his presence he's a good coach i was i didn't know who he was before he was hired i'm gonna be honest with you but i don't think anyone did i think he was an assistant on the rockets for a while actually yeah he was <laughs> for a little bit then denver then new orleans and then one year oh his last year was in toronto remember as an assistant he was he was, uh, I think he was Nick Nurse's first, like, primary assistant, if I'm not mistaken. When was that? Last year? That was, that was, uh, yeah, last season. Okay, so that was after Nate Bjorkman left, uh, who's now back in Toronto. So, <laughs> not going to talk about Nate Bjorkman. Um, but who was your, was that your coach no. of the year runner-up, or that was just an honorable mention? That was just a shout-out. Just a guy I need to shout-out. Coach okay. of the year, I, I think, personally, there's only one guy who should really be winning this. It's J.B. Bickerstaff. Okay. Uh, Cavs, jeez, uh, what a turnaround they've had. I think the team's been built incredibly, first of all. Uh, it's been super impressive what the, what the front office has done. Kobe Altman probably deserves a shout-out. I mean, they drafted, they picked, well, I won't say anything about their rookie yet, but they picked a guy, and uh, they built the team really well, despite like how weird it looked, have, having, based off Very of who, weird. Have, who they drafted. You signed Jared Allen to huge money. And Lowry, 
and then you try running the three of them. I don't know, but it wor It works, yeah, very well. I mean, that whole team has just gone up another level this season. They they are up probably with the Grizzlies, one of the most exciting young teams in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have JB Bickerstaff as I haven't decided if I have him winning it, but he's either one or two. Uh, basically, everything you said, the Cavs are incredible. No one thought it would work. Everyone was making fun of their like ginormous team that they had that they signed in the offseason. No one knew what they were doing. Um, and they draft another guy who's seven foot. So um, my other pick was Eric Spolstra. Uh, Miami Heat, great team. Uh, they dealt with a ton of injuries, and to stay at that one seed for this long uh, is very impressive. Eric Spolstra, he deserves to add a coach of the year to his resume at some point in his career because this Miami Heat team has been amazing as well. You mean they have a guy, Jimmy Butler had a, a little injury for quite a while. Bama to bio missed like six or eight weeks or something. Um, Tyler Hero was dealing with some injuries for a while. Kyle Lowry. And they still managed to get guys like Gabe Vincent and guys like that to step it up and really do well for the team. Max I don't Struss. know. I know you're making a lot of faces right now with uh, Eric Spolstra, but do you have any disagreements with that? I don't know. I'm JV Bakerstaff. I, I think. I mean, that's that's my that's. I yeah. think that's my number one guy. That's your number one but, then. Okay, then. They have yeah. no issue. Uh, Eric Spolstra. I think he deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah, he's 100%. he's been so good for so long. He, it's been yeah. so impressive what he's done in Miami. And he doesn't have he doesn't have a coach of the year yet, so which is really That's, surprising. Yeah, he's been a very very elite coach in his and he's a lot of wins too. He's high up on that list, so it's kind of surprising. That is pretty. That is really surprising. I thought he would have had at least one. No, nope. that is really surprising. Actually, wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, you know what? I give this man his coach of the year. Mm -hmm. You yeah, get they, there you go. The NBA gave Mike Conley an All Star appearance that he didn't deserve out yes. of out of respect yeah. for past seasons. Do the same thing here with Coach of the Year. For sure. Well, let's move on to Six Man of the Year. Six Man. Um, this is another award that one could say is a runaway award uh, for the team that Eric Spolstra plays on. I mean, coaches for. But my pick is Robert Covington. <laughs> and uh, Robert Covington, just one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, you know, he's gritty. He comes off the bench. He's the best power forward on the Clippers, but we don't got to talk about that. But he comes off the bench, and he only gets like 20 minutes, and that's my boy, Robert Covington. Uh, username on Instagram, allergic to failure. Um, and Robert Covington, just amazing defensive player. And uh, I know you loved him on the Rockets. He was your favorite player at one point. And, uh, yeah, that's my boy Rocco. But in actuality, I got Tyler Hero. I love Robert Covington. And he, I, at one point, I remember the year he got he ended up in Houston. I was begging for him to get traded to the Rockets. He was my favorite player in the whole league at one point. Yeah, yeah. I love this guy. But I'm not sure if he can win. Six man of the year. I'm. I think the cutoff is about forty game. Is it, it's either in the forties or the fifty for games you could have started. And he started. Did he not. Start, he started. I he came off the bench a lot of these games though. Yeah, for the Clippers, he's come off the bench every single game. But he but started for Portland as well. He started forty out of forty-eight games in Portland. 
So oh, what? That might throw it off. But I'm not sure oh, if he well, gets. I think he, that probably throws it off. I'm not sure if that meets the cutoff or not. But uh, I mean, if it doesn't, yeah, that'd be sick if he won it. I love Robert Covington. He's he's <laughs> long been one of the best. Not necessarily on ball defenders, but off the ball, he kind of does what Matisse Thybulle did the lanes. in college. He reads the lanes. Yeah, he does what Matisse like, Thybulle did in college. He's yeah. so active on 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 defense. Uh, he reads the game so well. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see him win. But mm-hmm. I disagree with your runaway thing. Really, you got Kevin Love? I got Kevin Love. I think he, okay. I think he deserves it. I think I think he's been the best. I, I like it too. Um, I like that pick. I I I don't necessarily think that. Well, he obviously doesn't have the type of numbers that Tyler Harrow does, but I think he's been really really good to that. Really good for that team. He kind of grew out of the whole. I don't want to be here. This place sucks. This team sucks. And I think yeah, that's he, that's worth mentioning. Being on a good team has, I guess, re-motivated him in a way, and he's nowhere near the player he used to be. But I mean, I th- he's a good veteran presence to have, and I know that's not that's not really important for six man of the year. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like him. I don't want to pick Tyler Hero. I'm not a I'm not a Tyler Hero fan. I don't want to pick him. Yeah, either am I. I don't want to pick Tyler Hero either. Um, that's more of a guy that I think will win it. But Kevin Love is another guy I'd like to see win it for sure. I mean, he was even talking about this with J.J. Redick on his podcast, and he was talking about how he's quite embarrassed about how he handled things uh, for the past couple of years in Cleveland and his attitude and his demeanor and turning against the fans and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, this new life in Cleveland has totally revitalized, one could say, his career and how he's found a new role that he can thrive in. Um, I think that he's a great uh, – I think he's definitely either one or two in six man of the year because – this Cleveland team, like we said, no one knew what to expect. No, they weren't even projected to win. Like what was it, twenty-five games? But um, yeah, Kevin Love, amazing player, amazing six-man uh, for one of the better teams in the NBA. Just to throw it back for a second, back to how we were talking about Russell Westbrook earlier. This Kevin Love guy, another one who revitalized his career, like Carmelo Anthony, after changing roles and accepting the player he was now. Russ, got to do that, buddy. Come on. Um, Let's go into, would you like to talk about the Defensive Player of the Year next? Sure. I would actually love to. My picks for Defensive Player of the Year, I avoided the Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Giannis. That's boring. I don't want to see any of that. Okay. My pick for Defensive Player of the Year is Robert Williams of the Boston Celtics. Oh, okay. Um, okay, look, really, do I think he's been the best, the best defender in the NBA? No, but I just I just think he deserves this mention. Uh, his shot blocking numbers, they're a little skewed because blocks are a weird stat. They're kind of overvalued, especially because a lot of the times with blocks, your team doesn't actually regain possession. Miles Turner. Okay. Um <laughs> that's someone you it seems like you've changed your tune on a little bit but yeah uh, but i told you so anyways robert williams i think i, I think he's i even udoka's done a really good job in the second half of this season with the celtics they've become by far the best defensive team in the nba ever mm-hmm. since i think it's the all is it the all-star break or it's a bit before or is yeah it, the it, was, it was the all, it was the all-star break it's i think all-star, it's one of the all-star break or the new year i think it's the all-star break but they've become 
by far the best defensive team in the league. I, a lot of that has to do with Robert Williams. He's kind of freed Robert Williams where he's using the fact that Al Horford sticks in front of players a lot better to allow Robert Williams to kind of do what Robert Covington does in a more shot-blocky and rim-protection sense. Just let him roam. Let him be free. He doesn't have to worry about his on-ball work as much, which is probably his weakest point. Well, it is his weakest point. Yeah. Um, and let him be a menace around the rim, which is exactly what he has been. But another guy worth mentioning, I a guy that I was very skeptical of when he first came into the NBA, a young player, Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay. Uh, again, probably not the best or second best defender in the NBA. Just a guy worth mentioning because I remember when he was coming into the league, I wasn't a big fan. I was kind of confused as to why he went so high. But with the injury totally proven, too, last season, he's totally proven me wrong. He it took a while for him to get healthy, did it not? Yeah, it did. It did. He was he was out for a lot of last season. Yeah. Um. But I mean, he's the Grizzlies. That whole team is just absolutely incredible. A-class franchise, Jaron Jackson Jr. Is, is a huge part of that. I mean, fourth overall pick, you'd hope so. Mm-hmm. Unpopular mentions, I, I I don't really care. They deserve it. He's not, he's not like, he's taken another leap as a shot blocker this season too, so kind of similar to Robert Williams, but he's yep. a much better, much better at switching and going out to the perimeter. And I think he's, his actual reading of the game is the biggest jump that he's made this season, which I love to see. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I'll say mine now. I mean, my second. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess he's third now for my favorite players that are not on the Pacers, because Sabonis and Justin Holiday aren't on the Pacers anymore. But it's Draymond Green. Would have loved to see this guy not get injured because it was his award to lose. Uh, once he got before he got injured, this guy was leading and anchoring the defense in Golden State, and they were the best defensive team at one point in the NBA, and. I mean, he's been out for, I guess, two weeks before the All-Star break, and he's planning on making his return in seven to ten days, is what he just said, according to Woj. And, I mean, maybe he comes back and he can continue to make his case. I think he's definitely a player that should be either the runner-up or the the winner of the award. Um, I think it's between him and Giannis. And uh, a guy that I'd like to shout out would be uh, Rolls-Royce O'Neal. Um, just, I love Rolls Royce, man. I can't get enough of, uh, some Rolls Royce. That guy, he's a hard-nosed guy. And Patrick Beverly. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, but thoughts on Draymond? Draymond, if he had stayed healthy, probably would have won the award. I'm going to be honest with you. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily because he took a big leap this season either uh, I think there's some voter fatigue at play here especially with Giannis and Rudy Gobert who yeah. I still think are one and two in the league as defenders mm-hmm. um, if Ben Simmons was healthy he probably would have been up there too but, but yeah I, I, Draymond's if he comes back soon there's still a chance for him but probably not miss too much time which is obviously a huge factor in awards yeah um, let's go and move on to most improved player. Uh, it's about a three-headed race for this. Um, I believe it's between Ja Garland and Miles Bridges. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, for me, I'd say it's Darius Garland. Uh, that's who my winner is because 
like I said, I picked Spencer Dinwiddie over Darius Garland in this year's fantasy draft, and nobody expected Darius to turn up this much this season. I mean, I believe for a while that Sexton was the better guard of the two that they had, and Garland is is showing like superstar level potential that and he's a young player uh and i think this leap was not only was it unexpected but it was just so such a big one and one could say it was jaw but i already expected this from jaw because he he was drafted like second was it second overall or third second right so yeah i mean jaw we all knew jaw was gonna get better next this season uh he, he already showed these flashes last season and Garland didn't really make that much noise last season. And this season, he kind of just, well, well, I mean, he made a little noise, but like not like not like showing that he could be the star point guard of a great team right now. You know what I mean? No comment. No comment, eh? You so so you, are you rocking with the, with the Darius Garland pick? I picked Darius Garland, too. Okay. Uh, I disagree with the three horse race. I think it's just Garland and Ja, Miles Bridges. Okay. Get out of here. But Darius Garland has very quickly become one of the best point guards in the NBA. Yeah. Which is mind blowing. Uh, I remember his rookie year. He was awful. He was. Uh, maybe that's what I was thinking about then, because maybe. I don't remember hearing anything about him in his rookie season. His rookie year, the only things were negative. Uh, yeah. He was drafted high fifth. He was supposed to come in be this incredible shooter. Did not shoot well his rookie year at all. Uh, shot a lot, to be fair to him. It takes another, it takes a huge, his first huge leap between his rookie and sophomore seasons. All of a sudden, you know what? Maybe he might be that guy for the team. The Cavs have to pick between Sexton and Garland. They make the right pick. Uh, Garland again. Uh, takes a huge jump again this season. Forget his shooting, which has come a lo- like not really come a long way. I guess he's more so adjusted to the NBA. But he's also become one of the best passers in the league, especially once he's in when he's in congested spaces, which is something I've noticed. I, I don't. I would probably call him a top five interior passer in the NBA. Um, especially at point guards. As but, a guard or a forward or a, like just as a guard? Yeah, as a guard. Darius Garland. Okay. He's, he's a little man. He's like what? Okay. Yeah, like I'm saying, like top five passer from the interior as a guard. Or yeah, from, from all guard. positions. No, uh, I'll say uh, probably from all positions, but just to save myself, okay. I'll say guards. Okay. Um, what for guards? Up there with Chris Paul. Not close to Chris Paul, but he's ranked around him. Yeah. But I, I've I, I don't know. I think he's be, he's become this incredible player. He probably needs to tighten up a little bit. He's kind of turn become a bit turnover heavy, but that's to be expected from those high volume guards that we have in the NBA nowadays. And he's n- has not as much experience as other guys, other good guards in the NBA. That's I true. guess he's got time to fix all that turnover stuff. That's true. Th- true that. Uh, one thing from Garland though that I'd love to see is for him to get to the free throw line more, but that's unrelated. He needs to be shooting more than like two a game, which he is right now, but. One yeah. guy actually that I want to mention in the MIP conversation who I don't think should be here at all if he is, uh, DeJounte Murray. Even though I'm a huge fan of his, I think he's an incredible player. I think putting him in the putting him in this conversation is kind of unfair because unlike the other guys, unlike 
Darius Garland specifically, it's it's not it's not really due to a role change with them with Darius Garland Jaw. Uh, with Darius Garland Jaw, it's just they've seemingly gone a lot better as basketball players. But with Dejounte Murray, he's just come back and come back to a team where he is now that guy, mm-hmm. which he wasn't before, especially when he was playing with Demar or before when he was even injured. Obviously, he wasn't playing at all. But and when he was first coming to the league. I mean, he had to work his way up, but I just don't think he... I think it's kind of unfair to put a guy who is more so benefiting from the result of a team not really being there around him and just taking advantage of that opportunity rather than him actually getting better, which he definitely has. 100% agree. He's undeniably gone better, but how much better, really? Yeah. I can definitely agree with you there. I mean, he's a guy that's like kind of like a walking triple double potential. Oh yeah. At least now that he is this season. And it's just definitely the result of his team being a bottom feeder in the NBA. So when you lose DeMar um and you're just the main catalyst of the team. There's nothing else to say with that. He I don't want to make this sound like I'm hating on DeJounte Murray. I still think he's amazing. I still think he's one of the I mean, he's only 25, so I guess it's kind of unfair to call him young, but he's one of the better younger guards in the league still. Yeah. Incredible defensive player. That's always been there, though. But he's, I don't know. He hasn't. I haven't seen him take the same leap that I, I saw Garland take. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this leads us to our final award, uh, MVP. Did we miss one? Yeah. Which one did we miss? Rookie of the Year. Oh, right. Let's talk about Rookie of the Year first, then. Um, my picks were Evan Mobley. I think that's the easiest runaway pick of all time. Unanimous. Evan Mobley, already one of the best defenders in the NBA, being a rookie, and um, he was a very raw talent. Like he's a raw talent uh, coming into the league, and there's not much else to say because we've talked about the Cavs way too much this episode. But um, just a little shout out. Uh, a guy that I love that's a rookie uh, that you weren't expecting me to say, but my boy, Isaiah Jackson. That's my that's my brother. Um, you know, this guy is replacing Miles Turner in a few years. I'm saying it. He's got to keep the injuries. He's got to tone it down, figure out how to land properly, figure out how to handle his injuries, gain a little bit of weight, and then he is a... He is a defender. He moves. He's versatile. He's got high lateral quickness. He's fast. He meets players at the rim. Um, eventually, well, I mean, this isn't. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Eventually, he'll be able to shoot. Um, he could shoot a little bit in Kentucky, but uh, he's he's made a couple threes for the Pacers this year. Uh, he will be able to stretch the floor in the peak of his career in a few years or whatever. And yeah. I like this pick way more than Chris Duarte for the Pacers. And Isaiah Jackson, that's my boy. I know you disagree with everything I'm saying right now, or most of it, but yeah. Never forget, draft night. The Pacers draft Isaiah Jackson. Who is this guy? Yeah, that's okay. I didn't know who he was. I don't pay attention to college. I, I was angry good. about the I was angry about the Chris Duarte thing though. I was I was happy with Isaiah Jackson because he's 19 years old. All I care about is the age in the draft, really. Drafting I was 24, who's five years older than the than Isaiah Jackson. Like, come on. Well, I mean Isaiah Jackson's 20 now, so four years now. I, 
I mean, he's cool. I guess yeah, he's, like, <laughs> like he's, he's all right. He's, he's I, I not guess he's not bad. he's not a rookie of the year guy for me. He's my favorite rookie. Oh boy. And Kiefer Sykes, shout out, twenty eight year old rookie. That's my boy. His mom follows me. Shout out Kiefer. Big shout out to Kiefer. Shout out his mom too. Yeah, shout out to his mom. Nice. So now let's let, now let's talk about some actually good rookies. Uh, Evan Mobley, obviously runaway. That guy is special. That's a Don't special need to talk talent. About him anymore. Yeah. Don't need but to talk about that. My my, I have two I need to talk about. But okay. first, Herb Jones, Herbert. Herb. Thirty fourth pick, I think it was. Yeah. Uh incredible on ball defender for a rookie. He. He's like a black hole on on defense. Uh, you can't like once once the ball, once you're he's on you, he's not getting off you. You can't set screens to get him off you. He reads the game perfectly. He's far better than the Pelicans could have ever possibly hoped from uh, that pick. Um, how did he fall to 34? A player like that? I I don't Couldn't know. tell you. Could not tell you. Incredible. He's got crazy defense potential. He's already a very good defender. Yeah. I mean, jeez, he's a big. He's gonna be a big part of this Pelicans team, especially if they try to keep being somewhat good with CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and I don't know yeah. what's going on with Zion, but Jonas Valanciunas. It's worth a mention. Don't sleep on Jonas, man. I'm How many threes did he hit in one of his games? I'm sleeping. He had that insane three-point game. Like nine of those things or something. I don't know what it was. Need to insert a snoring sound effect. Let me, let me guess your next um, rookie that you said you're gonna mention. Is it Ao Desunmu? Yes. Yeah. There He's we been go. so good ever since the Bulls backcourt fell apart. Alex Crusoe yeah. and Lonzo going out. I was like, okay, that's probably it for that team. Um, and it still probably is, but. Yeah, they're a-, a little bit of pretenders, but... I, like I said before the scene started, but AO has come in. Another later pick, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I could be he wrong. Was a sec- he was a second-round guy, yeah. I think. I, I, or late, I, late first or second round. Could be wrong. I, I can look it up as you speak right now. But, I mean, he's so smart, too. He's such a smart player, which is mind-blowing, and it begs the question... Why do teams not draft these mega smart guys? He was pick 38. Yeah, why do teams not draft these mega smart guys? Uh, of course, like most rookies, he has the occasional blip. But overall, he's i mean, he's locked in at all times. He's got this crazy motor on him. I don't know if this is the work of Billy Donovan. I don't know if this is just who the player he was. I don't know much about him to, like before this season, to be honest. But I love watching him play basketball now. Yep, totally agree. Um, I mean, we don't really know how the Bulls are gonna do. I mean, they're like one in ten against teams that are better than them, and or have a. I don't know what the ratio of wins to losses that they played against, but basically, when they play good teams, they're one in ten, and the rest of the NBA they win all the bad against all the bad teams. But that's besides the point. Um, let's talk about MVP. This is the last award. I don't think I'm missing anything now. But my picks were Joel Embiid. Uh, I'd love to see Embiid win an MVP. And 
Um, another guy I'd like to see win an MVP, which is not realistic in my opinion, but DeMar DeRozan. But hopefully Embiid comes out on top. I want Embiid to win it because he carried that Sixers team for so long until Harden came. Uh, I mean, Tyrese Maxey took a big leap as well, and that's not something you can discredit. But yeah, Embiid, that's my pick, and that's my realistic pick. How did we, prediction? I, how did I forget Tyrese Maxey for a most improved player? Yeah, I know. I, oh I no, I just re- I spoke. I just remembered. Oh my goodness, Tyrese. Yeah, Maxie. we'll, we'll shout we... out. We'll shout out yeah, Tyrese. Shout Maxie out Tyrese. Right now. Yeah. I love that guy. So such a good player. Um, mm-hmm. oh man, I feel bad that I forgot him now. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have the exact same picks as you. Exact yeah. same. Embiid, DeRozan, DeRozan, obviously unrealistic. That would be the biggest for the culture moment. Yeah, that's that would be happened big in the NBA the in a long yeah. time. I big. would love it if he won it. I I would be so happy, That'd but be awesome. that's not gonna happen. Very happy for him. Um, yeah, Embiid is stupid good. I don't know what else to say about him. He's he's incredibly good. I don't know if he was really the MVP though. I don't know. It it seems like a Jokic, uh, Giannis, Embiid race. Uh, Curry's crazy. lost that thing. Curry's lost that. It was his but, to lose. Yeah, it was his to lose. Um, so I guess now that we've covered all these awards and we've kind of spoke a lot about these rookies, let's just talk about more rookies in the NBA. And uh, I guess we've already touched on a lot of them, so I don't think we'll talk about this for too long, but... Uh, yeah, let's just talk about rookies that we like, who we were disappointed by. I'll let you start off with who you want to talk about, and I'm assuming it's something Rockets related, but let's hear it. Jalen Green. This game, he... so as we're recording, uh, he has just played against the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think this is the best performance of his NBA career. By far, I am mesmerized by what him, Kevin Porter, and Christian Wood just did, but especially Jalen Green, who started terribly. This guy, when the season first started, did not look like an NBA player. He did not look like a Division One college basketball player. I have never seen a player look so lost and just out of his depth on an NBA court before. And this season has been filled with a lot of very bad players playing games on a moment's notice. And he was still the worst that I've seen, which was pretty, pretty rough, especially when... He pick him over a guy like Evan Mobley. So, but he's been on a tear recently. Uh, I think it's his last seven games or something like that. He's averaging over 20 points a game. And forget the scoring. He's so smooth when he plays. His his moves, he he had this one play against Brandon Clark in the game. He hit this step back mid-range after shaking Brandon Clark, exposing him. Oh, good. Oh, gosh. If he plays like this again. Well, if he keeps playing like this. You're Might very, be. very bipolar with Jalen Green. Oh, my God. This guy goes from one day, I hate Jalen Green. He's the worst basketball player I've seen in my life. And now you're like, oh, my God, there's so much potential in this guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not even, You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. It's just hard with him because Evan Mobley is so good. But that's kind of unfair to him. And yeah. he has been on a tear recently. So, I mean, I hope he keeps it up. He's an mm-hmm. incredible player. Uh, one one other guy that we have to mention, I guess. Scotty Barnes, really good. Yeah, Not really yeah too I can't much to discredit Scotty for that. 
Can't discredit Scotty. I mean, he's probably going to finish runner-up for Rookie of the Year, but he's just... I don't know. I can't I can't think of him where he's anywhere close to Evan Mobley, who is just... Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. For sure. I guess that's all. I mean, we could talk about Cade Cunningham. Uh, kind of boring. No one likes yeah, the Pistons. I, boring team. Pretty boring player, not going to lie. Great player, though. Great, good player, great rookie. Very uh, good. Definitely gonna finish top three probably, but I mean I'm more impressed with guys like Evan Mobley and Scotty and those guys. But Jane I think Green. that's ba- basically no. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, I mean, you shout out Upper and Shengun. Um, I don't know who else to shout out in terms of rookies. Uh, Chris Duarte, I mean, started off the season incredible, and kind of slowed down. Dealt with a lot of injuries this season minor ones that kept him out a few games at a time. So, I mean, Chris Duarte, Tyrese Halliburton, maybe that's their backcourt that they go with for a while. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I prefer that over Brogdon because I don't think they can coexist well, Tyrese and Brogdon. But Chris, I mean, I, I hated this guy as soon as they drafted him just for the based on the fact that he was 24 and I knew nothing about him. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I've opened up to him. He's uh, he's all right. Uh I like him. I like his scoring ability. He's high IQ player because he is 24 and a great defender as well. Um, and he's not one thing that I've noticed about Chris Duarte is he's not afraid to shoot that ball as soon as he gets that thing. He takes the most tough shots I've seen in my life down the stretch. I remember against the Lakers, like he's in the corner, he gets an and one three pointer. Well, it should have been an and one. The refs confirmed it was an and one after the game, but they only counted it as a normal no foul three pointer. But this guy takes some really tough shots, and he makes them. And I'm very happy that he has that confidence to shoot the ball down the stretch and be a leader out there on the court. Yeah, he's all right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he's all right. But there's a lot of things I've noticed because he's the rookie I've watched the most of in terms of minutes. Um, Shout out to Franz Wagner as well. Unexpected guy. Wagner. Wagner, same thing. But, yeah, yeah. You got the Wagner brothers on the Magic. I mean, uh, Franz is leading the scoring for all rookies by far. Like it's a, it's a, it's not even close. But he's also, I don't think he's missed any games, and he's only won 17 games, I think. So, Franz Wagner, cool player, um, tall, very tall forward. I don't know if they run. Well, he's like six ten, and they play him at small forward and power forward. So. He's six ten. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. He's six ten. I, I don't think he is. He's tall. I gotta look this Let, up let's now. See, let's see. I, I think yeah. that's his brother. No. Nope. Franz. Uh, Franz. There's no way Franz is six ten. I think he's like six eight. Yeah. He's six, okay. He's six nine. Okay. So he's so, pretty <laughs> standard for a small forward. He's, he's yeah. Not that tall. Anyways. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Franz Wagner. Shout out to him. I can't really think of anyone else to talk about. Jalen Suggs. Extremely disappointed. Well. To most people, probably pretty, pretty. I, I didn't expect this to be good. I didn't think he'd be good. I'm not a fan of his. I, I wasn't high on him going into the draft either. But he's yeah. been pretty poor. I know Raptors fans were really wanting Suggs, and now they are on cloud nine. They got Scotty. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean the only other guy I got to shout out is Keeper Sykes, which I've already said. Shout him Love out again. Mens. Love his story. Uh, I what mean, if, five like. He's labeled as six feet, but this guy's not six feet tall. He's a guy that I hope to interview, which I think is something that uh, is realistic for this podcast. 
Uh, I'm going to be working on that. And yeah, Kiefer Sykes, big shout out. Same with Dwayne Washington. There it is. I was waiting for you to mention that guy. <laughs> I was about to say. Sniper. I mean, he holds the rookie fran- rookie record for the Indiana Pacers franchise in most threes made in a game, which is seven. Do you have anyone else to talk about as a rookie, or are you done? I think I think I'm about right. Done. Up. Yeah, me too. Uh, I guess this is our last little thing that we can talk about right now is a little bit of the Pacers um, tracker in terms of former players. Uh, let's just talk about the Kings briefly. We've already talked about Oladipo that is coming back tomorrow, so that's something we'll cover next Sunday or Monday. But yeah, the Kings are were twenty and thirty five before the trade, which gives them a thirty six percent win rate. And after the trade with Sabonis, they also have a thirty six percent win rate. They're four and seven. Or and yeah, I mean, not good. The Kings. Everyone's real. I mean, those first two games, they were like, oh my God, like the Kings are going to make the play in. They're already lost. They can't make the play in. Like, realistically, there's no chance they do. And people are, I mean, people were a little bit skeptical. I saw people on both sides. Most people said the Pacers won, but now I think it's unanimous that the Pacers won. Uh, Sabonis has been, I, I guess, all right. I mean, he's doing what Sabonis usually does. Just like a nice 18 and, and I don't know, 14 and 6, whatever his stats are. But, I mean, I'm never going to stop loving Sabonis. And uh sucks that he's on a poverty franchise. That's all I got to say about the Kings, really. I mean, maybe next year they do something like trade Rashawn Holmes. I don't know. He was already on a poverty franchise before he ended up in the Kings. <laughs> Hey, they're switching it up. They got Tyrese now. Maybe. They've got a little bit of a direction, okay? But uh, it uh, the Kings are a disaster. I don't, I don't, I feel bad rubbing it in and talking about how terrible they are. They just really suck. That that's all yeah. there is to it. They they messed yeah. up big time. There was potential with Tyrese. Now that's gone. But yeah, I don't really know what else to say about them. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just check up on Thaddeus Young see how he's doing in Toronto because I know some Pacers fans like to hear about Thad Young. So far he's played, uh, the game's basically done. They just lost to the Cavs. Uh, He played 14 minutes. He had zero points, four rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, and one turnover. Bad. (laughs) Bad performance. Uh, Checking on Bojan Bogdanovic as well. They just won 116 to uh, 103 against the Thunder, so expected. 33 minutes, 11 for 19 from the field. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't expect this, but this is insane. 11 three-point makes for Boyan. 35 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. I'm glad I checked in on Boyan because that is insane. That's probably one of the best games of his season. Might be the best, but wow. I did not expect that going into that little uh, research there. He's a good player. <laughs> I think I think that that's about it. Um, thank you all for listening to the playbook, the second installment of this series, and uh, look forward to listening to us more often.